Blog Talk Radio. Let's get this party started right. Officially, three weeks away from WrestleMania, one week removed from AEW's revolution, and there's a lot of news to report. First and foremost, let me move this microphone a little bit closer. Can we hear me? Can we hear me now? Because first and foremost, thoughts and prayers go out to Scott Hall who has suffered three straight heart attacks because a clot let out to his heart. So, please let the bad guy pull through. And on another note, there's a lot going on in professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just Scott Hall's uh, news about being on life support, but... You know, things happen in professional wrestling and it's out of their control. I'm talking about what a lot of fucks are talking about, and that is the suplex given by Ridge Holland on SmackDown, the Friday Night SmackDown. I mean, you can hear the crowd. If I can just pull this up here. Let's pause for a second, or 10 seconds on Let's pause for 10 seconds. The station identification right here on Wrestle Radio Network Sunday evening. 
But you know what? I'm going to let Jay Kreinman in on this. Uh, well, I would say fiasco, but it, you know, there's just way too much to report because we haven't been. Well, technically, we haven't been on there in about a week and a half. But anyways, welcome to the show, the one, and the only, my friend Jake Ryan. 
How we doing? I've been reading a lot, watching a lot, reading a lot, and watching a lot. Mainly a mix of both. Um, I just want to focus on the main issues, not the whole show. Don't want to go do a rundown because we do that so often here on Rust Radio well, Network. So, 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 so let's cut to the chase. Two things that we need to focus on right now. One, is Dota B retarded? No, I, I don't think they're retarded. I just think that this is a debate between some of us who have been around not as long as some people, but the the gist of this, I'm not going to mention the whole thing. A friend of mine and I spoke about the whole uh, incident between Big E and Ridge Holland, who... I was getting to that second. Uh why are we renaming Pete Dunn and Walter? Dude, how if I know Walter the old man's Gunther. Gunther. Walter is Gunther. Gunther now. And Pete Dunn is Butch. It's not about the renaming, dude. It's about the whole simple fact that when they get to main roster... Why? I don't know if it's a no because it's a personal vendetta. Who knows? He thinks that the the main roster crowd is dumb and and does not comprehend that these once upon a time guys were a part of NXT and some main roster fans think NXT is a farce. Watch NXT before you watch main roster, please. And second. We here at Russell Radio Network do wish Big E on a very speedy recovery. Thankfully, he does not need surgery, and he's I. It this it looked nasty, dude. Okay, it looks nasty. Let me just cut in and say this for those who think that he should have posted. I see where you're coming from. And what I mean by this is a former wrestler slash manager. Allow me to elaborate my end of things. There's no way to fucking post on a belly-to-belly suplex on the outside of the ring. Where's he supposed to post? The back? It's not a back body drop. Second of all, when you're doing a move on the outside, you don't know the extremities except for the floor hurts like a motherfucker. And two... The floor, meaning the padding that's on there, does not protect them. That's like concrete wall laying on the crown. And yeah, it could protect them from getting brained if they don't. If the guy whose name was Tommaso Ciampa, and he, I'm not taking a shot at you, sir. I'm just saying, you take care of the other guy. Did Ridge show concern? Yes. Ridge looked outside when they said Michael Cole said personnel, medical personnel coming outside to look at Big E. At least he's alive and at least he was giving the thumbs up and doesn't blame anybody. But at the same time, I don't think Big E thought that the move was going to be that, you know, that bad. I mean, he didn't give Big E any kind of jump. So I talked to another outside party about this and he tells me if you look at it again, Big E doesn't have any rotation, Doesn't was not given any jump. So, yeah, Ridge feels like shit, but eh, please don't do it again, dude. 
Like, we're not going to say, oh, you knew what was going to happen. No, the fuck they didn't. They're performers. But at the same time, again, I'm going to reemphasize this. You cannot, and I repeat, off a belly to back, fucking post. Where is he supposed to post? His shoulder blades? It's not a back body drop. That's just my personal take on it. You can argue with me in circles all you want. But when you're taking a belly to back, the guy that's giving is supposed to give the guy that's taking a one big fucking jump. Boom. He lands it, whether it's on the concrete, on the mat, whether it's on a post or the barricade. The barricade would have sucked balls, dude, had he landed there. But the main point is Big E is live and kicking. But the bad point is Ridge Holland now just gave the boys notice that if I work you, I promise I will take care of you. Wink, wink. I, sorry, bub, but the rap you get when you do that move is the following. No one's perfect. Everyone knows that we make mistakes in ring, out of ring. But now he's proceeded to give himself the reputation of I drop people on their heads. For now. For now. See, okay, so personally, I personally think he it was a complete accident. It could happen to anybody. And yes, I understand your perspective, but also I've been around the business for a long time myself. Where, like, question the person who said, where are you supposed but, to but, post? But, but, but rarely this stuff happens. It can happen at any point. But it rarely he's done happens. Shit on the outside, he's a riskier shit than that. He, he dude, uh, uh, how many times have you and I seen him do a spear to the outside, and nearly land on his fucking dome? Yeah, every oh, damn okay. time. But big, but, big but the thing is, would, okay. Let me finish. Okay. But 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 the thing is, this this. Yes, I'll admit was dangerous, but this can happen to anybody. Not just them. This was a complete. I watched it back numerous times, and it looked. But I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he does not need surgery, and I'm glad he's not paralyzed from the neck down. Um, but this he- may be the end of Big E. No, I wouldn't say the end. It's just his rehabilitation, give or take, now that they have modern technology to fix people and not just wrestlers like athletes that take really bad neck bumps, Darby Allen. Good Lord, that dude is like rubber. And to emphasize it, Darby's been slammed on steel steps. He's been slammed on beam support. Team supporters in, in random indie bingo halls and wrestling revolver in that gymnasium or wherever Sammy's had his events. But, you know, dude, watching the event, you know, not event, but match between Big E, Kofi Kingston, Ridge Holland, and Sheamus, can tell that Ridge felt bad. I mean, this dude has a string of bad luck. He gets a push in NXT, kind of, sort of, and then he gets hurt. He gets up to main roster. He's really pushing himself well with Sheamus. Sheamus is teaching him the ropes, whatever. And then all of a sudden, the Big E incident happens. And we as fans, you know, 
the, the opinions will vary. I didn't say it was his fault, but fuck's sakes, when you plan this shit out in the back and you say, okay, I'm going to give you a belly to back on the outside, that sounds great with Big E, but there's one problem. That dude is a brick house on feet, and you, you're you trying to lift somebody that's body weight. Proportion, height, and weight is completely different. And a friend of mine, Kurt Gannon, tells me all the time, I guy wants to do suplexes because it's a jab at Kurt's gimmick, and that's not all of his gimmick. But Kurt told me when you're giving someone a suplex or when you try and lift him, you either are going to sandbag him because his weight and height proportion, he's short, but he's fucking built like a brick house on feet. It's hard to lift somebody over your head is what I'm getting at. And also, if you don't give a motherfucker a dump, Especially when you're giving a suplex. I'm not saying it's Ridge's fault. What I'm telling you is Big E, holy fuck. The move would have gone a lot smoother had it been Rey Mysterio or somebody less of weight. But we're not focusing entirely on that whole fucking incident. But apparently it took... A lot of podcasts, and I've listened, believe me, I do listen to other shows outside of Russell Radio Network. It took a lot of shows for me to realize, holy shit, Big E done took a, a suplex that he wasn't even, it looked like he not even prepared for because, one, you have to be, be given a jump, right? And I'm getting a message on Facebook talking about, yeah, he does have to give him a jump. Yeah, he does have to give him one. Because if he doesn't, you see the end result. He landed on his fucking neck. Was it an accident? Yes, accidents do happen in wrestling in any sport. Well, sometimes not hockey, but you get the gist. Also, in wrestling news, folks, since this has been covered a million jillion times, and made had a bunch of memes and TikToks made at this moment. The wrestling enigma, the artistic soul, Jeff Hardy, has officially signed with AEW and oddly enough has paired with Matt Hardy. Not oddly, he is paired with his brother Matt. Is it going to be forever Hardys? We don't know. Are we glad to see him back in wrestling? Hell yeah. Um, I do. You know, it's funny. Jim Cornette predicted this. The man with the tennis racket. I think we all did. Well, yeah, dude. But Cornette said it best. They're going to pair them up with no rhyme or reason or story behind it. Not trying to sound like the annoying pessimist that Jim could be, but Jim's right. Of course he's right. Been right for a while. Minus a few things in decision makings, but Jim has been right about prediction wise. I mean, been around wrestling for 40 years. Why wouldn't he be? But I'm just saying, his return to wrestling in AEW kind of, wow, folks, this is why I titled this Real Men AEW equals WWE from 2013 to 2019. I say that best because a lot of names, big names, were coming in and out of that time. Now Jeff Hardy's a big name. So is Matt Hardy. And you look and you listen and you watch programming for AEW like any good wrestling journalist would. And you see that Jeff Hardy's in spring coming to save Sting and Darby Allen 
That number game was about to catch up. And voila, folks. AEW's reeled in majority of WWE's uh, fallouts. Has it benefited them? Yes and no, in my opinion. Yes, the fact that they have big names. Yes, that they, they're letting them loose and letting them wrestle. Adam Cole, anyone? Uh, Keith Lee? Bobby I'm Fish, Kyle O'Reilly. FTR. Brian Daniel. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It, in a weird way, partner, I think AEW is they're they're not well, dude. I disagree with you. This user on Instagram, they are not thirsty. They're just they're just observant. There's a difference. If you're thirsty, quite literally, every release from WWE would have been signed by now. If you really want to get technical, I mean, they could have signed Mia Yim. They could have signed, oh, Donovan Dijkovic, but they, I, I think they're on the um, fence about signing every release. Donovan Dijkovic is still signed with WWE. Who? Donovan Dijkovic is still in the WWE. He hasn't been released yet. That's why I'm saying this user has yet to be. Do you watch programming, my friend, or do you just? Oh, you're one. Okay. I'm not trying to be mean, dude. I'm just telling you, do you watch programming? I sit here and take notes on Dynamite, my friend. I sit here and take notes on practically every single... My friend has seen my notebook, and he is impressed. I told him to take notes on every show he watches. Yeah, see... (laughs) Uh, no, here, dude, okay, look, I don't have all show to argue with you, but I can peacefully tell you the reason why I took notes is because, one, it keeps me informed, two, it makes me a student of the game, and three, I, I don't, I'm not one-dimensional like one soul originally told me that I was, but I'm not going to dwell on that. What I'm going to tell you is... Read before you spout off facts. If you want to message us, it's Wrestle underscore radio on Instagram. We do have a TikTok, but I haven't gotten around to posting anything as of yet. But I'm going to – well, you know, that can be changed. But the point is, dude, Donovan Dijkovic is still in WWE's uh, listings for superstars. Also, uh, no, WWE – okay, AEW is not – Thirsty would mean, dude, they would be signing practically every name that has been released from WWE's Performance Center, and they would be chomping at the bit to get every former referee. You know, I speak too soon, though. So so let me help you out. So pretty much what AEW is doing is taking people that WWE has released that has any sort of relevance, like Keith Lee, like Adam Cole, like Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson now. Uh, John Moxley, CM Punk, so many others, but not just that, 2.0. Uh, Red Dragon. The list goes on and on. They're taking people of relevance. And also, TK just fought Ring of Honor. Now we have William Regal. What's this mean? 
It means that AEW just got some power. Because you have to admit, Vince McMahon or Nick Khan, whoever the hell runs WWE at this point, because I really don't know, because they wanted to buy Ring of Honor for pennies to the dollar. But TK got to them first. So so here's the thing is, those of you WWE marks are saying AEW is a bad product, but look at this. Adam Cole just lost to Adam Page. Not every WWE superstar that has jumped ship has gotten a straight title shot. John Moxley was the second ever champion after after beating Jericho. Adam Cole just got his shot. He he was undefeated for a while. They're not just automatically being thrown into the world title picture. They're all earning title shots. It's not like they'll be where you walk in the door and you're some sort of famous. You're automatically in the WWE title picture and you're next in line for the championship. AEW makes you earn it. WWE does not. The thing is, the the funny thing, I really find it funny that some points in product, they don't automatically get thrown into the title picture, but they do work their way into the fold because you can't just put Adam Cole, a name like that, on the shelf. You can't just put... My goodness, dude, FTR, who was in once upon a time NXT Tag Team Champions. You can't put... Actually, Raw Tag Team Champions, they were the Raw Tag Team Champions and NXT Tag Team Champions, AEW World Tag Team Champions, and also the current AAA Tag Team Champions. See, what my partner and I are trying to say in a roundabout way is, just because... They came from WWE does not give them an automatic pull into becoming what people most likely put into effect, although Tony Khan is one big giant child. I mean, who wouldn't be if you had all those names, including Ring of Honor? But but you got to admit, though, Tony Khan might be a child, but he's a fan like all of us. But but, but also, and Tony Khan is actually running a wrestling company the right way, not just giving the same person title shots. Well, okay. I mean, I mean how many t- so, 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 so how many times in the last, let's go back 10 years, how many times in the last 10 years have we seen Roman versus Brock Lesnar for, for a title at WrestleMania? Well, let's think on this, shall we? It took Lesnar how many years to finally start showing up to shows? Uh, not only that, but not at, when I'm basing this off attendance wise, I was there, folks, for WrestleMania 31. The first time this shit happened, and apparently we have a neuralizer for us to try and make us fans who were there and not there forget that once upon a time, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns faced each other at Mania. And the crowd wasn't ooing and awing until German suplexes started raining that looked like Roman was going to die. I mean, it, oh, I landed them safe. I'm sure you fucking did, dude. But if we're being honest here, the first time 
would have bored us all to fucking tears had Seth Rollins not run out to the ring and cashed in his money in the bank briefcase and stole the okay. fucking show. Okay, so, so, so I'm sitting here doing the calculations. The first time we saw Roman versus Brock was WrestleMania 31. Yep. Then we saw him... And then we saw him again at uh, Fastlane 2016. Yeah. Then we got SummerSlam in 2017. Yeah. Rockers and Reigns WrestleMania 34. The WWE Champion for the Universal Title at 34. Also, the Grand Royal Rumble, the Steel Cage at 2018. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam 2018. Um, Crown Jewel this last year. And now WrestleMania 38. How many? So that's one, two, so that's eight times we've seen Roman versus Brock for the championship. In the immortal words of Owen Hart, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. You Lord, you guys not caught the fucking hand? But no, apparently... This is not a shot at the fucking main roster crowd, because I know a friend of mine mainly pertain to he's now watched a little bit of NXT so I guess that kind of counts love you granny I can't wait to go to Wrestlemania with you but this is this is just you know this is my personal take on the matter I have seen probably seven out of eight of those matches live in person it's not bad when it first starts, but when you've seen it seven out of the eight times live, allow me to elaborate for those that have seen it with me seven out of the eight times. The match gets dull, then the crowd starts to boo. The crowd only started cheering now because we were in a pandemic, and son of a bitch, Lesnar now from miraculously the baby face. How does that work? I can't explain it. It's wrestling. It's like a pendulum. It swings one way for one guy, and the crowd absolutely loves the shit out of him. He kisses babies and signs autographs. That was Roman Reigns once upon a time. Now, the pendulum swung the other direction, and the momentum of Brock Lesnar somehow fucking way. I can't explain this crowd. You try explaining this crowd. It's like one big science experiment gone wrong. How does this work for a guy who only shows up 17 times out of the fiscal year professional wrestling? I'll explain how. Because people who are easily entertained by a billion gazillion suplexes and is only known a variety of one, the dude doesn't even do a t- The point is... I hope and right Well, yes. Because I saw something that made me so happy. Cody Rhodes, welcome back, maybe, because if he gets involved, like it says he's supposed to get involved, I um, I can only tell you that adds flavor to this match, because that is like telling yourself going to a Kansas City barbecue restaurant, or a New York City pizza, the best in the world, right? You go to these restaurants expecting a certain flavor. You watch a Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns match, it's like saying, gee, today I would like a very bland piece of, you know, Kansas City barbecue, like a burn-ins plate that has no fucking taste to it, that is so bad, you say, 
to yourself, I don't want this plate ever again. It's also like going to Luigi's or L&B's and saying, today, I would like a pizza that tastes like cardboard, has no fucking flavor whatsoever, and makes you go, mm, maybe not, maybe me, never next time, whatever. Guys, guys and gals, this is the one time that I will always say that – actually, this is multiple times that I've said this. You cannot – you just cannot say that Lesnar and Goldberg were like the same shit over and It's going to be something boring. new. Give us something new. Thank you. For the love of Christ. Eight times? I'm Eight tired times. of watching. That's over two years. And that's over two years. Even sadder. Right. Over three years. And technically, dude, it's longer. It's 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 WrestleMania 31 was in 2016, was it? Yep, and now here we are, WrestleMania 34 or 36, 38, whatever mania we're on at this point. We're on all stars. We are on I've, Mania 38. I've, 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 I've lost count. It's sad when my partner can give statistics and forget what Mania we're on because, okay, he went to Mania 32, bet, Mania 33 in Florida. With when you. It was the big old, yeah, with the Orange Bowl. And that was cool. Uh, there's one problem, was, though. JR said it best. When you when you let the Undertaker wrestle and he has a streak of twenty one and zero, I, ladies and gentlemen, was there for his last victory, his first defeat, and his second defeat, and his other victory against. Well, he did beat Bray. He did beat so and so, and it made you wonder. One. Th- so wh- whoever made that card on WrestleMania thirty one is a moron. Because well, Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt should have went later. Way later. Well, the other thing is, dude, I, I sat there and I thought it was great with Sting and Triple H, but there's one problem. Um, if we're speaking on card uh, legitimacy, the match between Hunter and Sting was great. There's one problem. If somebody during rehearsals is telling you, God, you know, please keep this man alive. He's been through enough. If not, you know, I apologize. But when Scott Hall said, literally in rehearsals to Kevin Nash, he whispered over, is this how this is supposed to go? Because they went over the finish, and Sting loses to Triple H. That's like if back in the day, if Hogan was to beat Sting, after all that build that they had just prior made to the show, I know we're going off subject and around in circles, folks, but, you know, give us a minute. Um, show get better, trust me. Yeah, it'll get better, but see, the point is, it's like this. There was all that build for Sting and Hunter. It was a great intro. For both wrestlers, there's one fucking problem. I still think if, Sting should have won. I still think Sting should have won because you already have WCW buried as one of your, you know, WWE owns the rights to WCW and ECW. Imagine that. So anyways, 
That's one example of how on the card in WrestleMania, they didn't give us what we wanted until, what, WrestleMania 35? Because 29 was absolutely, it wasn't terrible. But when you have fans I mean, chanting. I mean, Punk and Undertaker, I will admit, Punk and Undertaker was probably the best match on that entire damn card. Is the equivalent of Steamboat and Savage. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because Savage and Steamboat was a damn good match back in the day, too. But what I don't I'm think it was trying to. It was pretty damn close. But what I'm trying to say, folks, is we may not agree. My partner and I may not agree. But, like, I. Okay, if you've never been to WrestleMania, yes, you can comment. What I'm trying to get at is the card quality of 31 and now. 38 is two nights. I wish they had a two-parter, although I wish our tickets would work for both shows other than we sold those tickets. No, you'd still sell the same amount, folks. That's how this works, but Roman Reigns versus Lesnar, the first go-round. Let's get back to that. The first go-round that they ever had between one another, yowza. No, thank you. The match was shit-tastic, but now... They're saying, well, they could evolve the match. They could make it great. In what land and what universe are we saying that it makes it great? When we've seen it seven other times, is there really any story that you can tell? Other than the fact that now Lesnar's been screwed over uh, for story, so that builds up to this moment. How where many times? Seen them- so, so, so listen. How many times has Brock Lesnar been screwed by Paul Heyman and the match been better afterward? I mean, dude, that's the only fuel that's adding to this fire is the fact that Paul Heyman's involvement with this entire fiasco mm-hmm. that is Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. because without Paul Heyman, you don't have a story. But the thing is, how many times after... <laughs> After Paul Heyman has screwed Brock Lesnar, how has the match gotten any better? The match got better. I guess, like I said, that's the only intrigue involved in this match is, is Paul Heyman going to turn coats again, you know, when either... For example. Okay. For example. Let's go for examples. Okay. So when he screwed Brock Lesnar, when he lined himself with the big show in 2002, that did not make Brock Lesnar any better than he was. Uh, when he when he lined himself with Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar are great by themselves. You do not need to add Paul Heyman to that. As you can tell from WrestleMania 19. Uh, if you, okay, you screw him over with CM Punk. Are you switching over to CM Punk versus Brock? But then CM Punk gets screwed, and then he he goes back to Brock. How many each match that happens after Brock Lesnar has been either screwed by or or Heyman's came back to has made that match any more intriguing? The only way I find this match to be, let alone interesting is that they literally physically beat the living shit out of each other. Like an actual fight. I think we're going nothing to... Else. Well, like nothing dude, else intrigues me. 
Oh, so the fact that the turncoat from AEW, the guy that literally was making, I don't know, dude. I don't know the whole locker room story, but I do know that from what I've read, from what I've heard, not a lot of people were fond of this guy, but it kind of shook the foundation of wrestling when Cody Rhodes' name came up, who might be attendance or in attendance for Raw tomorrow, as per sources say, but they don't know. Because usually Vince McMahon changes a lot of shit last minute, including Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, WrestleMania 34. Just to mention a few things, Braun Strowman and Rey Mysterio were supposed to be a team, but then that got screwed up. Thank you, Dave Meltzer. Yes, folks, I'm going into random tangents, but I'm tying this all into one point. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is a terrible idea, but guess what? It's now on the marquee, and all the other fans are like, just shut up and enjoy the show. I haven't, and see, the only match right now I'm actually looking at that I really want to watch right now is Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Oh, that train wreck. That's the only, hey, the only reason why I'm intrigued about that match is because we had so much doubt on Pat McAfee, that he actually did awesome. But NXT, but WrestleMania is a different stage than NXT TakeOver. That and the fact so we'll that the man looks like he... And, and you got to admit, his first match was against Adam Cole. You can't... And now you go from Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver and then also working war games that same year to go to WrestleMania and fight Austin Theory, which Austin Theory is a give him the next three to four years. He'll be championship material about three or four years. That's just me. The fact that they had to dig that up on the card, am I complaining? Yeah, that's not abnormal for me. I'm not. I'm just expressing concern, folks. My expressing concern like, sounds like one big whining and bitching mode. Sorry, folks. It's been a week and a half from the show, and I've got a lot to talk about. WWE hey. not only, but AEW included. So AEW's got way too much going on. The fact that Jeff Hardy's return, the fact that Hangman Adam Page is and wanting to defend his championship against new material or new guys, I should say. I don't think Adam so, Cole and Hangman are done yet. I also don't think that we cannot miss. You know, I watched Revolution, my friend. I don't know. Let's talk about some. Let's take a break from WWE speak and let's talk about AEW Revolution, shall we? Yep. I know. Uh, I I know, and you know, we can go on tangent about WWE all night long. So 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 let's see. Revolution is it the best pay per view that AEW's put on in a three year history? I say top three, and you can't tell me. Having CM, okay, let's talk CM Punk versus MJF. Let's go right for the throat first. Oh, okay. And then we'll go to the, go the rest of the way. CM Punk coming out 
in his old Ring of Honor attire, also coming out with his Ring of Honor theme song that he had. Does that not play mind games with MJF at that point? Mean MJF is the biggest punk mark there is in the company. Outside of some other people that love CM Punk. I mean, hey, I'm a CM I'm Punk mark. I love CM Punk, so. I love CM Punk, too. My thing is, uh, the way that this match and, went. Is... And the so, 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 this is why I love, and yes, I'm an AEW fanboy. I love AEW so much, and I watch it way more than I watch pussy-ass WWE. Oh, boy. Because I get a new version of the Attitude Era. I get all the blood I can handle, and I get good storylines to go with it. Storylines are not crap. I mean, I mean, of course, there is some that's trash. I mean, AEW are not AEW is not perfect, but when it comes to long term storytelling, AEW has that way over the the WWE does. New Japan's got that over everybody because that's all New Japan does is long term booking, and I mean. You couldn't tell a better story with MJF and CM Punk. Adam Cole versus Adam Page. John Moxley and Brian Danielson beat the shit out of each other for 28 and a half minutes. Yeah. And you're getting the real Brian Danielson and the real John Moxley and the real CM Punk and the real Red Dragon. You're not getting WWE cookie cutter. CM Punk. All right. right. Well, let me just reel it in if I can tell you the reason why I'm titling the show. AEW is reeling in fans because there are fans like my partner. Well, that was kind of a. No, no, you're fine. Um, To counter that, there's. There's a few things that I like about AEW. There's a few things that I dislike. One of those things is that I like is JR and Tony Schiavone in commentary. You know, Excalibur, it kind of gives the feel of wrestling back in the 90s, but with JR back in WCW and Schiavone back in WCW doing what he did, interviewing guys and, and giving insight, you know, after match, very old school, you know. Hearing Justin Roberts kind of reminds me of, well, how do I put this? It's not bad in some areas. In some areas, boy, you know, the signings are great. However, it makes no damn sense for the Hardys to be put, slopped back together right away when Matt had a great thing going of what he was doing, but let's all forget that, right, and just slap the Hardys together like that. My biggest thing with AEW is they're not bad as a I company, but booking-wise, so, holy fuck, they need work. So, so listen, I understand why they did the Hardys thing right now. I understand why, why they did it. it. 
Hello, no, to James. No, it's not. It's not because the fans want it. This is it. They're doing one final run together. And then Jeff and Matt are done. Well, this what is one final nostalgia? So okay, so for why not when the A the last title they need to get before they take over everybody is the AEW tag team titles. I know that That's was it. coming. I guarantee I you once that. they become tag team champions, they're done. So they have nothing else to prove. Well, exactly. That's they it. have nothing else to prove. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say this nicely. What in the hell, dude? There's no build for them whatsoever. None. They was get there, the crap beat there, out of them. Matt's, get, Matt's getting the shit beat out of them. And then all of a sudden... Was there a Jeff build? Beat... No. Was there, there a was build none. for Rosemary 33? Dude, there's no There build was a build for Rosemary 33. Dude, what I'm getting at, there's no build for anything in wrestling anymore. You just go with it. That's the thing. I'm not a fan of that part of AEW because they bring in guys, they bring in a great sting comes in and he's what 61 years old doing the dive off fucking balcony because he puts his body in line. Cause that's just sting and he doesn't give two shits. But then here comes Jeff Hardy and it's like, you see the look on sting's face. I'm surprised. Is this, is this guy really for real? I mean, and love Jeff Hardy. I love Matt Hardy. I met them both. They are very nice guys, very nice dudes. But what I'm getting at is, you look at AEW's show style. They're booking in the first match, one AEW Dynamite in particular that I watched. Jericho was involved in a match. And that it set the tone for the rest of the night because their match was so great. Whomever he was facing, I could give you an example. It'd be Jericho and Buck, and it would have an excellent match. You know, him and Kingston could put on a hell of a match at Revolution. But the fucking problem is the rest of the night, I'm trying to stay fucking awake. And then out comes Miss Overrated, Overhyped, Cannot Wrestle Without uh, Enhancements. Yes, I'm referring to the wife of Bay Bay, Adam Cole, Miss Britt Baker. She comes out then and then wakes us all up because, well, her and Thunder Rosa can put on a clinic for matches. I'm not saying all of AEW is terrible, but sometimes, dude, their booking is very similarly styled to WCW. Let's put all the great main event type style pay-per-view matches on a regular cable program show. Well, what the fuck, dude? You could put main event matches and and, st- and save it for pay-per-view like they did MJF and CM Punk. Thank God someone got in Con's ear about that. Because had they not, had they done that dog collar match on Dynamite, I'd have been ripping the remaining hair that I have left out. They've done it sometimes. Like that cage match they had with Jericho and... God knows, okay, and Dan Lambert. The cage match that they had and Jericho ended up losing because he tapped out to his own fucking submission. God forbid, dude. AEW's been around for, what, three years? And they are, like, creating wavelengths because, one, when you have guys like Eddie Kingston, when you have guys like 
Powerhouse Hobbs. And on down the list, dude, Wardlow, MJF. Now you have the Hardy Brothers, FDR. Now you've got the Briscoe Brothers because they're in they're involved in some facet or shape or form. Omega hasn't been seen, but Hangman Page has been seen. You have guys and gals that are stepping it up in that company, and now you have William Regal, who is an influence amongst us all, dude. Not just one, two, three, four gajillion former NXT representatives, but what I'm getting at, folks, is AEW has its bright spots, but it also, when you're giving a speech on owning Ring of Honor, please don't sound like a fucking fanboy picking up a microphone. Sound like the boss, not like Vince McMahon, who, well, I'm not trying to be mean, Hoss, but sometimes you do sound like you're on the sauce, man. (laughs) But (laughs) in a long roundabout way, I... I like AEW, but there are points and times where I find myself going, what the hell did I just watch? Sometimes, not always, sometimes. Meaning, like, Revolution was great, dude. I wish the tag team match was a little bit longer, but I get why. I'm talking about Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus Best Friends versus uh, Red Team Red Dragon. Um, that match was very well thought out and very well put together. Um, The only match I did not care for was Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I'll say it again. You know, how do you, how do you make Britt Baker a great worker? If all she does is have enhancements, the only time that I've seen her kind of work well, no, she didn't. She kind of worked alone when it was Abu Don versus her. That's it. Can she work? Yes. Can she work without enhancements? No. So you put... Oh, oh, there's for one person I forgot. Sarita Deeb. Love you. Because you kind of remind me of the modern day Ivory. And that was... She was one of my favorite wrestlers. Sorry for those who love Trish and Lita. I like Trish and Lita too. But what I'm getting at is... Sarita Deeb, you sure put her in the a female version of Dean Malenko. Very technical, very savage, very ruthless. She's kind of like AEW's Natalia, except for no kitty ears and no being a constant lackey and not getting any respect from the fans because the company doesn't. Ah, uh, hell, we could go on a tangent back and forth about both companies, but. Sarita Deeb, God love you, dear, because at least you try and keep the women's division interesting with the whole, is anyone going to beat me? Kind of like Jake, you know what? That's on a collision course for Jade Cargill and her. Most people would be like, why is that interesting? Because you have Sarita Deeb who constantly, well, she calls out people and they don't really come through. Jade Cargill faced a worthy opponent in Ty, or Ty, Ty Conti. That was a good match. Except for, I wish for all that. You gonna do that Kung Fu shit? Great heel work. Love it. There's one problem, dear. Sell a little more. Sell a little more. 
Because if I was your opponent, I'd take a steel chair. If you don't sell my shit, we're either going to have some real shoot moments in the ring, even if I'm supposed to lose, and then we're going to have a chat in the back. For that match, since we're skimming over matches in uh, at Revolution, Jade Cargill is a powerhouse, and she's built like one, too. There's one fucking problem. Did you take notes from Raquel Gonzalez on how to sell your shit? No offense, dear, but dear Lord, you need a lot of work. A lot of work. If everyone has to make you look good for your um, female like Goldberg-like status, I'm not interested in you. Boo-boo, see you later. I like Ruby Soho. I like Thunder Rosa. I like Ty Conti. Britt Baker, eh, you're overrated, dear. So what? Who cares? Jamie Hayter and Rebel. You know, one group of women that, well, Paige Van Zandt, maybe. Um, Who else down the list is impressive in AEW? You know, Thunder Rosa. God love her, too. Know why? Because she made Britt Baker look like a thousand bucks. Actually, it's not a thousand, a million. Sorry. That's kind of a low number, folks. Sorry. My number's a bit off tonight. I'm a bit low on the caffeine, as you can tell. But their match, did it tell a story? Yes. Did Britt Baker do anything that she hasn't done already? No. She reeled us uh-huh. in. Are we about to get another one on Wednesday night? Yes. Uh-huh. We're going to get Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker for the women's title inside of a steel cage. And I have a feeling Britt's going to win that match again. No. I think Thunder Rosa's finally going to get finally gonna get her due. So we're going to have a Lex Luger moment on Nitro? Because who else? Is there for Brit to face? I mean, Riho's been Well, once upon a time, Riho. But she beat Riho for the title. I know that. But she has defending against Riho. Well, I know, dude. That's why I'm saying she hasn't. For the love of God, dude. At least, okay. I think the one comparison I'm going to make from the women's roster in AEW and WWE. Well, how do I put this? WWE just sounds like when they talk, especially on camera, and they're like, last week, it's like, who wrote this stuff for you? And AEW. I'm sorry. When it comes to the the women's divisions, there's no comparison. Well, that's because, okay, WWE is more cinematic and theatrical. AEW's women's division is more or less like, we can say whatever the hell we want, and we're not going to get fined by the FCC. I mean, I'm sure they do, but Khan pays hefty penny for it every time because of the shit that comes out of their mouth onto the microphone. doesn't really matter. If I look at both women's rosters, sure, WWE has a lot more talent, and they're not over-hyping their champions. AEW does either. Dude, Hold on. they overhyped Charlotte Flair. I think. Here's where you and I are going to differ. Here's where you and I differ because you, we all know you and I have our own separate deals. You're more the WWE guy. 
and you like WWE a little bit more. I like AEW. I like AEW a little more. But here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Who's of relevance in WWE right now in the women's division, other than Charlotte? And other than Charlotte, you have Bianca Belair. You have Naomi as a wild card. You have Rhea Ripley, who kind of sort of gets thrown into the picture here and there. You have Becky Lynch. You have Lita, who came out of the woodwork to come back just so she could help out the women's division. Do you know of any veteran that would be willing to go to AEW to help them out other than Serena Deeb? And, well, Vicky Guerrero kind of helps with the behind-the-scenes of production just a little okay, bit. Okay, so, so – but, okay, so how many times have we – so so, so right now, how many times have Charlotte Flair since she debuted in WWE, how many times has she been a women's champion Anytime she gets in the title picture? Well, I don't know the exact number, but I know it's in the double digits. Exactly. Okay. Now, every time she's put into, I, I, I know it's into a title match. If she's champion, or how often does she lose when she's champion? That Not depends. Is it, is it going to be Sasha, Bailey, or Becky? Exactly. Or is she going to lose at WrestleMania Ronda? Dude, I have a feeling Ronda's going to take that title because I just, in my humble opinion, now that the fans have gotten used to Ronda, they're going to, okay. The only difference between that and AEW wrestling, yes, true. They, okay, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker bled, which, okay, I don't let's have an issue. Through, with let's go to the AEW women's division, shall we? All right. You got Britt Baker. You got Serena D. You got Rojo or Rio. You got Sheeta. You have Thunder Rosa. You have Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, Dyla Rose. Uh, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of women, young women, in that locker room. Oh, oh, and Jade Cargill. Even though she's still green, at Ruby Soho. You got a lot of people in that locker room. But also, not just on top of that. People who are willing to give me a great women's match. WB is starting to go back down that road of, of where Divas was a fucking thing. Oh, okay. When you have people like Carmella and Zelina Vega and how else do I describe this? When you have someone who will disagree that Corey Graves had no influence on pushing Carmella, Carmella literally pushed herself into stories where she got the crowd into what she was doing. Britt Baker had to <laughs> steal a gimmick from her husband. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How about this? The most beautiful woman in WWE. Where was that storyline before? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it Lana? I'm like, oh, Lana kind of no offense. Oh, speed, oh. Human speed bump. She was a human speed bump. And I think that, how I put this? She wasn't terrible for the company. Didn't know really what to do with Lana. Except for we have her thrown through a table by Nia Jax. I mean, Nia's gone. Thank God. But 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 I'm saying, though, the most beautiful woman in professional wrestling. Who was it at the time before Carmella got it? It's just a recycled flipping storyline. That is crap. Well, the other and now, person. And, and now here we are. Here we are. 
We have two gimmicks that are the exact same thing. We've got two, two people who are wearing a freaking face mask at the same damn time. And Carmella having a face mask, and Rich Holland's got one. Who's next is going to have one? May I dare say this is going to sound funny, but Cody Rhodes, remember him? <laughs> he kind of originated <laughs> that after what happened between him and Rey Mysterio. Oh, oh! you deserve a, paper, a brown paper bag. He deserves two brown paper bags. She deserves a brown paper bag. Really? <laughs> it's if, kind of if, funny. Okay, so, so, so if Cody comes out tomorrow, hypothetical, who's going to take a bet? What song is he c- c- coming out to? I have no earthly clue, dude. I'm not the music man. Or not the Q guy but, or the guy that does their music. Uh, who's but taking bets? Are we going to get smoke and mirrors? Dude. Are we going to get smoke and mirrors? Are we going to get kingdom? Or are we going to get something new? I'm praying to God something new because WWE, at this point, everyone's praying not for Vince McMahon's demise, but if Khan and him could just please... For the love of Christ, this Don't is where the, well, no, for for the umpteenth time, the only reason why I stick to watching both companies is because I'm comparing and contrasting. They're really not okay. One is two hours, the other is three. One is on Mondays, the other is on Wednesdays, and also one well, is on go back Fridays. to two. Well, they well, need to go back to two. It's too damn long. It it's just too many segments to which fans are not either intrigued anymore because the twenty four seven championship thing is a joke. Also Welcome we to Monday up. Night Raw. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. please welcome the authority. Oh God. You know <laughs> I, I just You know I'm do, do I'm totally being a dick right now. That's literally how it is. Is that any different Please welcome, from any other Welcome time? to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Come on. The only thing good about Smack, no, no. The only thing good about SmackDown is Pat McAfee. I'm sorry. Wow. Did we dip our head in acid? I've I mean, been dipping my head in acid with WWE for months. Dude, come on now. It's just you, you cannot tell me. There's no damn good storyline that has me remotely interested. Even though you're not interested, we still talked about it for damn near 38 minutes of this fucking show. And I'm we referring still have to because this is a wrestling show. And that's a wrestling show. I can't just make my life all about flipping AEW as much as I would want to. If, if I had the opportunity, I would just let WWE just float down the river and let it burn. I'd rather go yeah. watch NWA. Yeah. And, or okay. NW, and, or, or New, New Japan, Japan. Or GCW. Or GCW. Or, or, a, or, a, or, a, or some other indie show out there. Like, like, a, like a ACW or SICW or, or New Breed or Wrestling Revolver. Or championship wrestling from Hollywood. Well, folks, we're not out of time yet, but I think this is going to be a beautiful segue into this. (laughs) 
this is um, the point in the show I'm where off we, my rocker tonight. we've noticed more so than me. That's that's saying something. <laughs> the following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast, Wrestle Radio Network show, belongs to the owner Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All content, all content is protected by U.S. and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. Yes, I will. All rights reserved, Wrestle Radio Network 2022. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, please step back and let me just uh, put a little something something on this. You know, if I could, please, just maestro, if you would. Okay, folks, so the entire week and a half that I've been sitting back, I've read some things that kind of, well, not kind of bothered me, but bothered me. First and foremost on the list is Jim Ross not being allowed have his voice on the recordings of the Undertaker's matches, his highlight reels, dude, for Hall of Fame. The thing, the most in, one of the most influential matches in wrestling history in the Igloo in Pittsburgh in 1998, King of the Ring. Like, essentially, what happened was you had JR's voice stripped from the recordings. Not only that, but JR was also peeved about that because. His voice on The Undertaker's matches were probably the most influential voices to ever be heard in wrestling. Also, I don't know where the hell my partner went, but I guess he had to go. But as I continue this show, never mind. Be right back, (laughs) as you just heard. But to start off the night, just ranting and ranting. That's kind of how this show used to go and still going on. But to continue on my point about Jim Ross not being allowed to have his voice as one of the focal points of Undertaker's highlight reel, it's kind of bullshit and cockamamie, if you ask me. Also, next on the list, folks, on the list of complaints, it sounds like in one big giant debate or healthy debate. I'm going to discuss with you why I've titled this show Real Men AEW Equals WWE's 2013-2019 because time and time again, as history would show you, wrestling has a way of repeating history, its own history. WWE has been around for ages AEW has been around for almost four years. It's working on third. Since its inception, you've seen a lot of shit go down. You've seen a lot of subtle jabs coming from both sides. No. Technically, it was you know separated on social media, right? And then you have what goes on behind closed doors. 
the signings, the you know, the behind the scenes chats, if you will, on Instagram or the teasers, if you will, on who's coming next to AEW boy. No major signings yet from WWE side of things. I mean, they did move up one person to the main roster. It's next you're going to move Tony D'Angelo up to be a stooge with um, Baron Corbin and, and Mad Cat Moss. Seems like every soul that comes up from NXT minus Enzo and Cass, which was the only gimmicks that weren't changed. I mean, Carmella was supposed to be a part of the package, just she wasn't ready yet, question mark, question mark. Then you have guys like Donovan Dijkovic and Mace, or whatever, T-Bar. They they get names that just don't make any damn sense. They get names that make you cringe in the middle of the night thinking to yourself, if I was an NXT roster member, do I really want to see myself moving up to the main roster? can answer that question for you right now. The answer is yeah, because you need money, right? But you also don't want to be out of work. The other thing is, the other thing is you have to factor into this whole brouhaha, if you will, between the name change for Pete Dunne. I don't know why everyone that's English descent or... European blooded, if you will, has been relegated to being management. Or, in this case, since they're dudes, lackeys. Why? I mean, I kind of see where they're going with this. You know, the whole moving Pete Dunn up to the main roster. Some may say that our old boy is too small. He really doesn't fit the mold. Maybe that's why they gave him the name Butch. Was that why they gave Nikki Cross the name Nikki A.S.H. Because there was nothing left for her to prove as the crazy lady, uh, the twisted sister of NXT? I'm going to tie this back in, man. Anybody that comes up from NXT's roster literally... Either they get pushed or they get an opportunity to go up to the big time main roster and you get the whole briefing of why we brought you up here and this is the reason behind this and this is the reason behind that. Could be completely wrong because we don't know what goes on behind the curtain. But what we do observe, some of us observe, is the fact that Yes, people don't keep their names. It's an imperfect world. Am I defending Vince and whomever's creative decision it was to name him Butch and whomever decided to name Walter Gunter? Come the fuck on. Who are we trying to kid, man? We're we're just fans trying to understand why you do things the way you do. And so far, we've all hit a snag trying to comprehend why You would take someone's name and change it. I mean, life is life. Or life is, you know, as we know it, is so unexpected that when you're going along and you're doing your own thing and you're doing great and you're feeling great, and then you get up to the main roster, it's like, you know, (laughs) I've had second thoughts. 
I don't know how that Pete does, though. I mean, Ellie gets to travel outside of Florida. It's like going outside the dome in the Truman Show. Oh, he's got mo- he's got movement. He's leaving. I don't know, as a fan, what to make of NXT anymore. I don't honestly know what to make of main roster shows, except for the fact that I hope when I go to WrestleMania 38, I don't have a terrible time. I know I'm going to have a damn good time because Granny's going to be there with family. But the point is, what is making AEW such a coup? What is drawing fans to them versus WWE and what WWE is doing? Now, WWE brings in a whole different audience. AEW is bringing in names. They're being real with one another. They're not shortening stuff and making shortcuts for guys and gals. And they're not, you know, they're not uh, holding back on what they can or cannot do in a match, which is smart, but also might want to be careful with that because your body is going to either thank you later. Or it's going to tell you, fuck off, I need to take a break from all this hardcore shit. I'm not saying, my my partner in crime basically stated earlier that he enjoys AEW because of the hardcore elements. I enjoy AEW because the let loose factor. If the wrestlers are allowed to feel loose in the locker room and be themselves when they Perform in front of a live audience. That's what wrestling is intended to be. With WWE, one person had referenced them and said it was like walking on eggshells. That was what Renee Young had said. But if you think on it, once upon a time back in 2013 to about 2018-19 was when WWE had complete control like with NXT. That was their hot ticket. That was their draw, if you will. So I'm just going to put this out there. The reason why or reasons why AEW is drawing is because look who they have. The reasons why WWE got attention all of a sudden is because I just want to point this out before I, you know, give you guys insight and then tell us why. But you all know why. The WrestleMania 38, it's in Dallas. And it's basically the reason why I tuned into wrestling majority of that time. So, folks, bear with me. We're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification right here on Wrestle Radio Network Sunday evening. Bullet Club for Let's play this back, shall we, DJ? Or 
years ago, I wrestled my last match in a WWE ring. After three rock bottoms, one, two, three, I lost the match. And for 19 years, I've had to live with that defeat, knowing my time was up. Kevin Owens, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for waking something up deep inside me that I've kept for 19 years. Ever since you started running that damn mealy mouth of yours, talking about the state of Texas, the great state of Texas, you got my attention. And why would you want to do that, Kevin? I can think of two reasons. One, you are one dumb son of a bitch. Two, you are fixing to get your ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Whether you want to call this a KO show, a match, a fight, a brawl, whatever, I will guarantee you this. In Dallas, Texas, where I started my career at WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to open up one last can of whoop-ass on you, Kevin Owens. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. You want a man that can rejuvenate a company, even though he hasn't been involved in a physical match in 19 years. Tell you why, folks. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin's merchandise has sold a lot of money. Comparatively speaking, when it comes to Roman Reigns' numbers... And Brock Lesnar's. They can say they sold a whole bunch of units all they want. But a rundown sounds something like this. Stone Cold Steve Austin, like I said, has not been involved in the company in a physical match. His last match at Mania was versus The Rock. And the man was in a shit ton of pain. And really at that point in his career... Couldn't come back. Got involved back in 2004, and again in 2008, and again, and again, and again. He would come, he would leave. Same effect that The Rock was to come back in the company, folks. I'm not going to focus this entire segment on WWE, but you wonder what's the difference between AEW and WWE. It took a big name to come out of the woodwork for WWE to gain intrigue, to gain ticket sales to their biggest event the entire year, and that's WrestleMania. It's been going for 38 tries now. I come up with something to get an audience involved, intrigued, what have you. Okay, let's be real. The only mania that they gave us what we wanted was fill in the blank because we used to be fooled. We used to have moments. We all still have moments in WrestleMania. It's like the Super Bowl, but for wrestling fans. Where's the, what? When did WWE go wrong? I don't know. You get a lot of debate about that too. But having Stone Cold Steve Austin as a focal point. WWE and their intrigue, the fact that Kevin Owens and his show is probably going to be the highest rated section on Peacock 
that much attention as people are going to pay attention to the whole thing. But Stone Cold Steve Austin and his involvement helps WWE out. Now, let me revert back to AEW speak. Going down the list of matches for Revolution, I realized something. AEW has really put forth an effort into not only just signing big names such as Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, a sign of the very first year in in AEW. Then you have two members of LAX, right? You have Santana and Ortiz. And then after that, you've got guys like Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and shortly thereafter, following the year 2020, actually 2021, Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Shortly thereafter, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. Then you see William Regal traipse up in there and slap the taste out of Moxley and Brian Danielson's mouths so that they can become a new tag team. Sure, AEW reels them in. They're essentially, in my humble opinion, is there doing anything wrong by reeling people in? No. I'm just comparing, you know, compare and contrast. What are the similarities, if you're a wrestling fan, between AEW and WWE's years of 2013 to 2019? Everyone and their brother's mother was watching NXT. In 2011, <clears throat> maybe not so much. 2012, it was starting on the cusp. In 2013, hello. 2014, it was gaining ground and gaining attention with guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and shortly thereafter, Nakamura, Bobby Roode, Austin Aries at one point in time. Um, You had big names coming in and out of the independents, out of Ring of Honor. They're just being not shipped off, but suggested like, hey, I really... I don't know how the conversations went, but maybe there was such a thing called allure. Got all the fish on the hook, and boy, what a masterpiece WWE had back in the day. You had Samoa Joe. You had Nakamura. You had guys like Eric Young, and you had... Wrestling, you had a backstage area full, chock full of talent, not only from Japan or the UK and the States, but all around the world had their eyeballs once upon a time on NXT, on WWE alone. Then things started shifting. 2018, Cody Rhodes was hinting at owning his own wrestling company, Ring of Honor. He was helping sell out arenas, including one, you know, one um, particular event at Madison Square Garden, which yours truly was at because a friend invited him. Hmm. 2019, here comes AEW. Granted, uh, they beat WWE in ratings and Wednesday Night Wars just for a temporary fix? No. They beat WWE in ratings weeks in a row. And did they brag about it? Sure. 
They are literally, I should have added WCW into this mix. Some may say they're not that relevant. They are not that type of company, but I beg to differ. Do you know how many names have walked through their curtain that used to be of New Japan or of Ring of Honor or formerly of WWE? Several. Do you know what kind of intrigue AEW or appeal they have? Not only are you afforded a great paycheck, you also have fans that chant along with Chris Jericho's theme. You have fans that they don't care. They don't give two shits because they're, we're all wrestling fans, right? Not just the chance. It's the whole mood. It's the whole fucking paradigm shift. Sorry, Mox. Uh, no pun intended. Actually, sorry, that's a lie. Pun intended. The whole paradigm shift of AEW gaining ground. No, not gaining ground, but they are literally in the driver's seat as far as giving fans a surprise. Because I thought for sure Adam Cole was going to win that title off Fangman. I definitely thought, though, that Thunder Rosa would have won that championship from Britt Baker, but they're building and building it, thank God. So in that regard, they're doing great, keeping us on our toes and keeping us surprised. But however, like I mentioned earlier, and I've mentioned this previous shows, their booking is atrocious in some aspects. If you've got a five-star quality match to begin the night, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the evening. Means, in other words, they have great matches on Dynamite and Rampage. However, some of those matches could have been saved for a pay-per-view. Like, the whole fact that well, let's see, Jade Cargo, like I said, she's your green, but she's still entertaining. Agree to disagree. She's kind of like the bootleg Bianca Belair. And I'm just going to be nice with it. Bianca Belair was undefeated until Shayna Baszler happened. So what's going to happen when Shayna, or not Shayna, but when Jade Cargill runs into an opponent that is worthy of her time? Ty Conti was one of them, just I'm surprised that uh, she didn't come away with that championship. And it's kind of confusing when Ty Conti had to use a steel chair. Or not, yeah, her friend on the outside had to use a steel chair to enhance the match. That's kind of very, that's very heel-like right there. But, you know, we're not nitpicking that aspect. What I'm trying to say in a long, long long-winded way is AEW has the tools, the lure, and the fish hook to lure us all big fishes in, right, and watch this shit from our little safe sanctums and homes and say, wow, this is great TV. This is wrestling. Your partner will say, hell yeah, it is. Fuck yeah, it is. But I'm, you know, like I said, I'm here to uh, give him the real which is basically my job as as his fellow host. AEW and WWE are great. Are they lagging in some areas? Sure. Can they give the fans entertainment? Yes. Is there anything else that they could work on possibly? Yeah. It's called... They can do it. It's just going to take a minute. 
Could we run a program? A wrestling show every week? I'm going to tell you right now, I would not want to be in the shoes of Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, Tony Khan, Chris Jericho, and all the other people involved in their creative processes. What I'm mainly trying to tell you all is AEW is going to always, always have their moments. WWE is going to always, always have their moments. Then, now, and forever. But I do find, I always will find some cracks in the foundation of both companies. Because why? Though some may feel that there's nothing that needs to be changed about AEW, they've, you know, they've gotten a lot better with structure. Their stories are not dying like they used to back in 2020. Oh, that's not interesting. Let's just focus you on this. We'll move you on to this guy. That works only for so long. So I'm glad that you all finally realized you have to keep a story going between two wrestlers or three or whomever. Because I'll give you an example. Pac and Malachi Black. I remember when... They were the bastard puck, and Malachi Black was Tommy End and ICW. I remember them fighting in Japan. I remember them fighting elsewhere. It was nasty as shit. Now they finally face each other again, and it looks beautiful. It's been beautiful. It's a great story, but also Moxley and Danielson. We knew that this was coming, but we didn't know when. That's the beauty part of it, not knowing. FTR. God, man, they have come a long way because they've always been a great tag team. But if you look at their value in AEW, it's kind of their stock has risen. So really, I'm not all negative about AEW. I'm just being real, giving the real. So... Folks listening, let me ask your own opinion on this. Do you think AEW is going to be a company that lasts a while? And that's that question again. Do you think AEW is going to last a while? Honestly, the answer is I don't know. It's a wait and see. It's a cat and mouse. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's a game of must-see television. Well, folks, I've got about 19 minutes left, and I'm still going to give the real. I think that AEW is a great company just needs work. WWE <clears throat> has their moments where they have glimmers of hope, and then they kill it. Good and bad. Not everything's all negative. With WWE and AEW. Now, they're not the only two companies lying around. It's Impact. There's 
Volver, there's GCW, there's New Japan. Do I know much about, you know, what's going on in each company? I know that Matt Cardona got the crap beat out of him because he egged on one female in their match, and holy hell, he got hell beat out of him with a chair, which is funny as hell. Oh, and I do know, I do know that there's a lot of talk, you know, what's going to be on at WrestleCon and New Japan and Impact and a whole bunch of big names will be there. Oh, by the way, folks, if you want to get your tickets now, Google search WrestleCon, go to RH Video. You can reserve your ticket online for $38 a pop, or you can go to the door and pay $40. Either either or is going to get you in, and you will see a lot of selection of superstars, including Lita Tristratus, Kevin Nash, um, Scott Hall's TBD, uh, obvious reasons. You've got Ivory, you've got Nia Jax, or actually goes by her real name, and gimmick-wise, you have Adam Scher, you have Bray Wyatt, Ted DiBiase Sr., Ted DiBiase Jr. A lot of names, folks, going to be... So if you'd like to sign up for WrestleCon and you don't know anything about it, remember to go to RH Videos and reserve your place for WrestleCon. This, those the head event is three days long. You can go to the sessions one, two, three, or four. Jeff Hardy has also added been added to the list. Kurt Angle, uh, Rodney Mack, Jazz, a whole lot of big names. Folks, Trish Stratus and Lita come as a package. I know that they were sixty dollars the last time. You know, per, or you could do the package of $110 for Trish and Lita, an autograph and a signing is separate. Also, folks, put on the advertisements. I haven't done in a while. If you would like, speaking of wrestling, if you would like to attend a wrestling school and learn more about professional wrestling, there are several schools, but the best one yet, Monster Factory. Go to monsterfactory.org. Be sure to visit their website, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, there is a phone number attached to that. Do not email the office in the morning. Go to www.monsterfactory.org. For more information, check out the website at monsterfactory.org. There is a cell phone number attached to that. They can give you the grand tour. It's located in Paulsbury, New Jersey, which is 48 minutes outside of Philly, or any remaining surrounding areas. If you'd like to come and train, please contact Danny Cage, the owner, operator, head coach, and trainer, who has produced names such as Damian Priest, Seamus, Matt Riddle, and the world-famous Monster Factory also at one point has produced Shane Douglas, Dean Douglas, D'Lo Brown. Uh, he did shows with them. I don't know if he did not attend, but Xbox, Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher. Not going to mention the others, but you know them. I don't know. Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, yes, The Godfather. So various names have attended the Monster Factory. And if you'd like, I don't know if Danny's doing this this year, but if you'd like to attend one of his camps, do it. Do it. Well worth it, folks. Trust me. Very good guy. Takes care of you. Even feeds you at one of the camps. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if they're still doing that. Anyhow. you'd like to become a wrestler, referee, manager, valet, ring crew, doesn't matter. Whatever your passion is, a commentator, learn from Monster Factory. Learn. 
you will learn. That's the only way you do it is learn. Okay? All right, folks. To get back on this <laughs> crazy track of uh, chaos. <sighs> Ever since AEW's inception, what have they done? They have gained an international audience, local audience. Hell, dude, they've gained the attention and ire of a lot of wrestling fans. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. It's always going to be a constant debate. Now, it used to be WWE, ECW, and WCW. And a lot of fans would debate on which of the three was the best. You had three brilliant minds, as uh, Cornette puts it, if you crossed P.T. Parnum. And Donald Trump, you would have the love child of Vince McMahon. Then you have Eric Bischoff, who literally went against the grain and used real names and used <clears throat> not-so-cartoony gimmicks. Then you had Paul Heyman, whose company was the answer to grunge music, who you know had a lot of extreme moments off of balconies and Moments like Beulah McGillicuddy and Bill Alfonso bleeding, you know, Bill Alfonso bleeding a pint and a half of blood, losing a pint and a half of blood. You know, a lot more moments than that. But the point I'm getting at is, folks, nobody's going to be satisfied with just AEW or just WWE. But what is, what are the main factors for the reasonings as to why AEW is where they're at? Not just names. It's what you do with said names that makes your company successful. Sure, I argue up and down with Jake. But I do want to point out, since I know you're listening, partner, I'm not all against AEW. I just nitpick. That's just me. All right? After looking and and watching AEW Dynamite, and recording the matches and, and you know what I thought would be good things to point out. Like I said, I'm not fully on board just yet because they're just piecing the pieces together. They keep on putting all these puzzles together. And what's amazing is they almost have all the pieces. They have all the tools in the shed that are very sharp, very talented, very good wrestlers such as the Bastard Pack, uh, Malachi Black. You got Keith Lee, you've got, hell dude, you've got names. WWE, sure, they've, they've got a coup going on right now with Cody Rhodes. But outside of Cody and Stone Cold and Lesnar and Reigns, what does WWE have that AEW doesn't? I guess the only one word that I can describe that is the adjective that will describe them, what WWE consistency the only thing that pissed me off more than anything was not the hardy's reunion was there any kind of you know moment that prepared you for this no it's just here let's put the hardys together let's give them one good run i'm sure fans are like well they kind of had to because you see from point a to point z this is why the hardys were put together come on man everyone and their brother's mother knew that as soon as Jeff Hardy's music hit, that was um, 
not a foredrawn conclusion. It was fucking obvious. You're going to have a Hardy's reunion, and they're going to go after the tag team champions. Are they going to have one last run? I don't know. Probably. But <clears throat> once they do that, it's kind of like Tom Brady trying to come back for another season. Go away, you slime ball. Go away. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. They are not like Tom or Tom Brady, thankfully. But like I, I'm trying to make this point. There was no fucking build whatsoever for them to be a team. They're just like, here, just pop them together. I'm not so sure that's how that conversation went, but when you have an owner who is literally like one of us, the fans, and Tony Khan, you get overexcited and you're like, oh, man, we have to pair you two together. Be Because the fans would want it. They wouldn't be like, boo, this is very bad. You know, this is like WWE. See, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned the forbidden name, the forbidden fruit that you weren't supposed to pluck off the tree. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring religion into this, but you know, you get what I'm saying. That'd be like if back in the day Harlem Heat breaking up what they did, and then you put them back together years later because fans have been clamoring for it if they did. Which is least likely, but hey, man, having the Hardys put together and getting the adoration of like getting the love from the crowd, man. Even I sit here and say, "Wow, okay, cool." Then maybe they didn't need a bill, but at the same time, yes, they did. Because what was the purpose of having Matt? And a heel faction, and all of a sudden, oh, let's forget about that, you know, neuralizer the fuck out of the fans because they won't remember. They just love the Hardys. They love seeing Matt and Jeff together, work together, wrestle together, being a team. Who cares about build, right? Who cares about story? Legitimacy of AEW is up in the air for me. Yes, fanboys, fangirls like total, you know, wrestling. Marks, that's all of us, will agree to some extent that AEW is not 100% all there. They've gotten the names. They've signed big contracts. But are are we really – are we all fully on board with what AEW has done? Some of us may say, yeah, man, they're great. Look at the NJF match, CM Punk match. Or look at the NJFCM Punk match. Sorry, I can't talk tonight. The dog collar match was fantastic. Eddie Kingston versus Jericho also needs credit because Jericho was supposed to shake Eddie Kingston's hand if he, if Eddie won the match. He did. They scratched, they clawed, they chopped the shit out of each other's chest. Great, you know, great match. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boys match. I wish it was a little bit lengthier. That's my only thing. The ladder match. Hell, Wardlow, Christian Cage, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, and yeah, Ricky Starks. It wasn't terrible. We all knew that eventually Wardlow was going to win that opportunity to face Sammy Guevara. 
Did we all know? <laughs> I hate saying the phrase we all knew. Like, we didn't know. That's the beauty about that match. Is that we didn't know, if I'm being honest. Wardlow, yes, he's a presence, dude. But at the same time, AEW's matches are very unpredictable. They're very, very, very intriguing to some extent. I'm not totally on board with them because there's still a lot of, you know, there's still some kinks that they need to work on. But other than that, I just love watching wrestling, and my partner in crime knows this. So tune in on Wednesday for Beyond the Tracks. We're going to have a fun-filled episode, trust me. We might have a guest. I'm just going to give it away. might uh, have the presence of Blake Troop, an MMA slash professional wrestler who has dedicated his craft since October of 2021. So you... Maestro, if you would please. Oh, before I do, though, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails and Jake Ryan had to say, then we got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Two little bitches, I got to get my beauty rest. It's my day off. And go Yanks, they finally came up with a season. Thank the Lord for the rest of this crowd. I don't know if we should give them a whole week with no crowd. Just saying. All right, Maestro, take us out, shall you? Happy early St. Patrick's Day. Happy early Easter. And I got to go on to bed. 99. Dig it. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. (laughs) 